Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. That means less time at work, more time avoiding your family and watching football. Chris Sims, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Love you, I'm good. What's going on? Hey. hey. I'm very happy to be here today. I am getting ready. Uh, as soon as we get done this podcast, I am rushing to JFK Airport to right. hop on a plane to go to Vegas. Uh, we have confirmed... I am getting satellite television on the plane, which is an incredible invention. Sure. Sure to, you are. To watch Kansas City, the Rams. Sure you now, are. Until it, you get on the plane and they you, tell you it's not working right today. I just start clicking and it's like ESPN is not available. Yes, that's happened to me before. I know. I don't know what I would do. You'll be okay. I'm telling you, I would I would put myself in the overhead container and I would suck my thumb for five hours. I'd go mm, to sleep. That would be good. Good footage. <laughs> what? Uh, Chiefs Rams, obviously, uh, the game of the the year is going to be Monday night. We're recording this Monday afternoon. Wild Sunday slate. Uh, Sims, meanwhile, on Saturday, you looked like an 18th century war lieutenant at Yankee Stadium. Thank that you. jacket, man, it's beautiful. That's the look I was going for. I love it. You know, when you want to bring back the history of the New York Yankees, that's what you do. You try to look like you're a history major. Uh, yeah, that was fun. That was really cool to be a part of. It really was. Oh, what is is it? You know, Notre Dame playing at Yankee Notre Stadium. Dame. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame has such a following up in here in the New York area. Um, yeah, you said random people will stop you on the street and just talk to you about Notre Dame. They do all the time. It's such amazing how it's just this little cult of a fan base. But you know, between that and then, of course, your school, your alma mater, had a great oh, uh, got a ton of people had a great showing there. I still think it was eighty twenty. Notre Dame fans of Syracuse, but Notre Dame controlled 90% of the tickets. Mm. So that's the reason they had, of course, the big swing there. But Notre Dame's really good. I don't know. It's really weird. They're, my whole life I've been telling people they're overrated, they're overrated. And then this and, year they're actually And I'm it. working for them this year and a part of the telecast and all that. And no, they're they're really talented. I, I honestly could sit here and go, I think they're the second best team in college football. We know who number one is. Yeah. But I, I mean... Clemson would have their hands full playing Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yes, without a doubt. A little college football talk for yeah. you. I mean, Notre Dame's got NFL players all over the field. That they do. They do. Uh, I want to check in really quickly on our Super Bowl predictions. Okay. And see how they're doing. So let me go to NFL Jesus really quick. I just want to see the standings. But I think we'll know how your NFC team is doing. Seems the Super Bowl picks before the year. Saints-Steelers. Hmm. Re- oh. he- he- Really? Both teams have a bye in the playoffs right Ooh, now. How does that feel? It feels good. Uh, Pittsburgh is currently the two seed, one game ahead of New England and Houston and the Chargers in the loss column. I did not realize yes. that there are three teams in the AFC that are 7-3, and three, yes. Pittsburgh 7-2-1, two and one, and then Kansas City starting to pull away at 9-1. and one. We'll see what happens right, Monday night. Right, got Houston, New England, and the Chargers all at 7-3, yeah. right? and Pittsburgh's at 7-2-1, and one, so you get, your team has the bye right now. Yep. You feel confident about both of those? If you could switch one, would you? Um, I definitely wouldn't switch the Saints. And no, I feel really good about it. You I think, feel good with the Steelers. I do. I think the Steelers, I, I don't look at them and go, they're worse than the Chiefs or worse than the Patriots. I think they're every bit match up for them. There's the year for them to beat New England. I do think this is the year they can do it. I spe- you were saying earlier, the Patriots have not won a road playoff game since 06? Since the... Brady threw the interception to the Chargers. Antoine Kaysen had an interception and fumbled. And fumbled. So you're they telling recovered. me it was a fluke 12 years ago. That's the last time they won the a last road time, playoff game. Yeah, the last time I saw Brady play a road playoff game, he was getting destroyed by the Denver Broncos defense. Yes, right, the 2015 And we were season. like, is it over? Right. 
And, but they haven't been on the, you know, it sounds like a, a more jolting stat than it really is. Well, they haven't won a road playoff no, game in 12 years. Right. I mean, what is that? Three three games we're talking about? Two Denver AFC championships? And then the 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 week after that Chargers game, they had to go to the Colts oh. and play there and got the 20-6 to six lead at halftime. And then and that's when Peyton, Peyton finally got the money. Back. Exactly right, back. right. My Super Bowl picks? Yeah. Texans, Packers. Okay. Uh, the fact that Texans are here, this is right where I thought they'd be. Yeah. Remember, I thought the Texans would have a miracle win in New England that would send them to the Super Bowl. Uh, Packers, I don't know if they're even going to get to the playoffs. Four, five, and one currently in the nine spot, but they're battling it out with Carolina and Minnesota. I mean, they could, they could look. The six seed in the AFC is wide open, and the six seed and the five seed in the NFC, I think, is still wide open. Yes, and and Green Bay, according to NBC stat last night, has the easiest schedule remaining the rest of the way. Right. No, I, I don't, I don't think anything's done there as far as that discussion. Minnesota's still got to play Green Bay one more time. I mean, Minnesota's got to play the Bears one more time. Green Bay goes to Minnesota, home against the Cardinals, home against the Falcons, at Chicago, at the Jets, home against the Lions. Wow. They can make a run. They definitely can make a run. I mean, they have a few things that... I don't feel confident, though, in either of my teams. If I could switch it up right now, I would go to... I would probably go to Saints Chiefs. Saints Chiefs? But then if I was like Adam B. Smart, I'd pick Saints Patriots. Saints Patriots, right. Which would, either way, would be great Super Bowls. I, I think Neither of us are up. even mentioning the Rams. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm taking the Saints over the Rams. It's a close one. Mm. But the Rams, I still think I look at, and maybe I'm swayed by, we're taping this on a Monday. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. So we don't know. What's, but I, I think right now, I still think that the Saints and Rams are the two best teams in football for me. Overall. I, yeah, I would put them above the Chiefs still. I mean, tonight will be the final. So you'd go St. Rams, Chiefs. Yeah, then probably. Pittsburgh? Mm, I'd probably go New England, then Pittsburgh. Just because. I'm not going to be swayed by New England, you know, playing a horrible game in Tennessee against a coach that's very familiar. Shaq Mason being out. Sonny Michelle not quite being there. Gronk wasn't there. Trent yes. Brown left halfway through the game. So before we all go, oh, and it's, it's November, Right. And we'll see the Patriots in January. Exactly right. So, I, I, yes, I would probably put them a little bit over Pittsburgh. Do you have any idea what has happened with us and the Saints fans in the last 72 hours? I'm hoping... Do you realize that we've been public enemy number one for the last 72 hours? Really? So Bleacher Report released the clip in the middle of our show in which I said that Drew Brees throws 40% of his passes or screens and dump-offs, and that we said that the, the MVP trophy is not a lifetime achievement award. Yes, right. We have been getting eviscerated by Saints fans. Even though you picked them to go to the Super Bowl, right. we have been getting eviscerated. This is something that, honestly, Josh and I have been trying to avoid for a very long time. But it went out, and it sucks because did I was I really saying that 40% of the time? I was just kind of saying it. Yeah, you right. know what I mean? Yes, yes you were. But destroyed that entire game Kristen people are doing podcasts or doing videos going Sims and Lefko, please come down to New Orleans I want to punch you in the face one guy wanted to see me go to jail uh everyone's asking for us to be fired man I thought yesterday even accentuated it even more 
What do you mean? I mean, we're just about the Drew Brees MVP thing. How easy it was. I mean, the game's just on a silver platter. Oh, here's That's a funny screen because for everybody 40. was here's saying, a run for ten, a run for twelve, a run for twenty. Everybody was saying there's no screens here. These are all deep passes. Yeah, they had a few certainly, and uh, you know, I'll give you a better breakdown when I get to watch the film of the game. But uh, again, we're not sitting here just trying to say Drew Brees is horrible or anything like that. We were just saying, again, I think the big conversation, the point we have tried to make is that. Kansas City has become special because of Patrick Mahomes. The Rams are special on offense because of Todd Gurley. The Saints are special on offense, but I can't just sit here and go, because it's Drew Brees. There's a lot of things that play into it. He's certainly an important part, but when you talk about the best offensive line in the sport and arguably the best running back duo in the sport, okay, and yes, there's And they're going to say, but they threw touchdowns to all these no-name guys yesterday, like Austin Carr, people I never heard of, and I would go, the Eagles came in with an awful secondary already. Yeah. Do you know who was playing corner in the secondary yesterday with Malcolm Jenkins? Let me read you these names. Yeah. Rasul Douglas. Right. Cravon LeBlanc. Mm. I've never heard of him. He was with the Bears. Shandon Sullivan. Right. Never heard of him. Devontae Bosby. Oof. I've never heard of him. Trey Sullivan. I just... Look, I, I tweeted out after the game... Lesson learned. You talk a little shit about Drew Brees, and he bends you over his knee and makes you his fifth kid. Sure. It's been retweeted over 300 times and liked 1,300 times. And I had a lot of people saying, I don't care. Shut the F up. You're an idiot. Okay. My, my thing is this, is that Drew Brees is having an amazing year. Yeah. And that he's had an amazing career. And he's a top 10 quarterback of all time. And he's a future Hall of Famer. And if you read the Peter King incredible article in Football Morning in America about the relationship that he has with Sean Payton and how incredibly in sync they are, it's special. Yes, it And is. we're not doubting any of that. No. And he's really good. Right. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. It's he's And he's playing at such a high level I'm more saying what you've always said is I don't think people give Sean Payton the respect right and it's you've always said you give Sean Payton a lot more of the credit well yeah he's he's I mean he's one of the greatest play designers play callers offensive minds in the history of the NFL so of course I do yeah, they're. I mean, again, they're tied at the hip together, and what they've done together uh, overall on the offensive side of the ball is magical. You know, again, and and Drew Brees, he deserves to be in the conversation for the MVP, and maybe he goes on fire here at the end of the year, and if he does and continues to play awesome, then I will sit here and go, he is the MVP. I don't have any issue with that, um, but I'm not going to just give you the MVP because you're the most notable guy on the best team in the league, and because this might be your last chance to win the MVP. That's now, stupid. I'm going to play Devil's And I also would like here. to play this, too. You know, again... Drew Brees is the only quarterback out of the major quarterbacks that gets a free pass for going to the playoffs like twice out of the last eight years. Everybody else, they're an issue when that happens. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't win the Super Bowl, he's a disgrace. But Drew Brees goes to the playoffs twice since 2011, and that's okay because why? Oh, because his defense wasn't good, but some other defenses for other quarterbacks that didn't have that same thing. It doesn't matter for them. So that's my issue Drew with Brees that conversation. Drew Brees currently has a quarterback rating of 126.9. He's thrown 25 touchdowns, one interception, yeah. and he's got 2,900 passing yards, 2,964. Yeah, right. So a lot of people would say, no, he's playing at, at his best 
season in his entire career, and he's had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, why? Because of the stats say that? No, I would already argue there's been years that have been better than that. I don't care about the bottom line stat number. That does not say you're having your best year of your career. You know, uh, it just that, that's a different conversation to me. But that's the conversation we're stuck in in quarterback world right now. Quarterback does everything. That's that we all have to get out of this mold. Of- People would also bring up the fact that he threw a a few passes to a man named Kirkwood. He threw passes to a man named Arnold to Austin Carr, and he was able to perform with those and not relying on just the Michael Thomases and the Alvin Kamara's. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. I mean, I don't, what do you want me to say? That's he did. I'm just bringing up yeah. the encounter points yeah no i know i mean he did that's that's great again it's the offense too nobody again you could see the attention nobody double teams michael thomas right the eagles did double team michael maybe thomas a few a times okay by the way uh, sean payton said this after the game right i've never seen the eagles play so much man to man yeah this is a question about the eagles i'm changing yeah. topics okay. really quick go ahead and we're gonna get back to drew Brees, but i just read you those names yeah cravon leblanc right Devonte Bosby, yeah, and you decide to play that much man to man with those guys, yeah. What I, is Jim Schwartz doing? Well, it's he's being aggressive, but I think more times than not, it probably has something to do with worrying about the run game. That's what he was worried about, loading the box and trying to stop everything they do inside. That's when you play the you know, again, I got to watch the film of that game before I can answer some of those questions. I haven't been able to do yeah. that. Um, but the ways the Saints can attack you, they're infinite. I mean, it never ends. You know, they're just so amazing at not only the drop back pass game, the run game is, you know, multiple. You got the Taysom Hill thing added to the fact that it's already one of the best run games there are. Then you go, oh, their screen game is arguably as good or better than anybody in football, too. So it's all the different ways they can attack you that, you know, just kill Philadelphia. And of course, Philadelphia's greatest strength is your defensive front. And that gets negated against a team like the Saints, who can handle anybody's defensive front. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 the fact that you've experienced none of this Saints vitriol and my phone is just blowing up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, that's why I don't want to be on social media. I just, you know, again, I don't care. Statistics came out after our video mm. went out saying yeah. that Drew Brees throws a ton less of it, like a, a very small amount of his yardage compared to Patrick Mahomes is on screens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Maybe that's right. I don't know. Again, is there a difference in the, about how they go about getting their Can yards? Can you explain that? Yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, teams are playing. Because the thing that sucked about that video is right. that all of the nuance about our discussion was taken away. Yeah. I so mean, explain what you mean by that. Well, Patrick Mahomes and what he brings to the Kansas City Chiefs offense is his talent makes everything easier. Again, you know, the point we need to make is Alex Smith was the number one rated quarterback in that offense last year. He threw 25 touchdown passes. Here's Patrick Mahomes, little past halfway point. He's got 31, and we haven't even seen him play against the Rams uh, later tonight. So to me, there again is showing you how much greater he is and his abilities and what they do as far as opening up an offense because of his big arm, because Andy Reid can call plays that really you can't even call with except for a Patrick Mahomes or maybe three or four other quarterbacks in the sport, then defenses have to go, man, we got to worry about this guy will throw a 50-yard missile right by our defenders to Tyree Killer Sammy Watkins. So then they play for that. Then the shallow crosser's wide open, and we go, oh, look, he gets easy completions too. Yeah, no, he gets easy completions because everybody's scared of his physical 
physical talent, where I would say more times than not, Drew Brees gets easy completions because the offense is designed at such a high level and they can beat you in so many different ways. That's where it's different and the nuance does matter. Again, Drew Brees can make all the big throws. I'm not denying that. We know he can. Um, But teams aren't going... Oh gosh, we got to really tell our defense to get back this week, and we can't even play this coverage against this quarterback, or he will torch us. You know, it's just a different setting there, and about the attack of the offense overall uh, is is different. And you know, hey, the screen thing might be right. It doesn't matter. I just, you know, the thing you need to look at is just all the people that are wide open in the Saints game more than anything. You know, and I'll be able to give you more of these real answers to what happened, particularly this week. But I know because I watch them on offense every week of what they do. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm telling you it's the greatest offensive attack in the sport right now, and they can do it any which way they want. Mm. Uh, Peter King in his article, this is something we've talked about a lot. Apparently, Peter King went to Sean Payton and was like, man, I just saw Tyree kill. And Sean Payton apparently in this article said, hey, Drew, tell Peter who's the most dangerous player in football right now. And Breeze said, Tyree kill. And Payton beamed and nodded. So even that team goes, man, Tyree Kill is the most dangerous player in the sport. Yeah, as in receiver or anything else you want to call him. I, I, I know. I, I, I don't is know. that a knock on Patrick Mahomes' MVP standing if he's got the most dangerous player? Is that why the Saints talked about it? I, I mean, I don't know if it's a knock on it. You know, They can call whatever they want. He became a lot more dangerous with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. I know that. We're in the conversation with talking about him this year in that, in that way, and we weren't last year again. Last year, you were trying to say this and nobody could believe you because they couldn't get the ball to him. Well, exactly right. Last year, I'd come away going, damn, they missed like four shots down the field for 180 yards of Tyreek Hill and Alex Smith wouldn't throw him the football. You know, this year it's the exact opposite. I mean, Tyreek Hill becomes a decoy more, time, more times than not because of the attention that he garners from the defense and then Mahomes' ability to throw, and then that's where the Kelsey underneath and Kareem Hunt underneath and all that come about. I, I mean, I'm sick of talking about this subject. How come? It's just, It's just, I mean, I think Drew Brees is awesome. I think their offense is awesome. I think the other two guys in front of him in the MVP race are more valuable to their team than he is. Curly and Mahomes. Yeah. You believe that if the Saints lost Drew Brees, they'd be okay? Or they'd be better, more better off than the Rams if they lost Gurley and the Chiefs if they lost Mahomes? Yes. Yeah. You think Taysom Hill or Teddy Bridgewater can go in there and they can still win some games? I Definitely. Whereas if the Chiefs had to put in their backup quarterback or the, or the Rams had to stick with Malcolm Brown, not so much. No, it's, it's over. It's over where I would go, man, make, you know, Saints, Teddy Bridgewater, they could still make go to the Super Bowl. Like, that's, that's where I would say you that. You believe the Saints can still go to the Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater? I do. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's going to sound like it's a knock on Drew Brees. It's not. The Giants went to the Super Bowl with Jeff Hosteller. My dad was still Sims, okay? Carson Wentz was the MVP of football last year. He got hurt. The Eagles still went to the Super Bowl. You know, stop making it about one guy, everybody. Stop. It's just... But you're making it about one guy with Mahomes and Gurley. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying as far as their offensive design and the way their game's packaged, I'm just saying you can't give all the success to just one guy all the time. When we make it t- we're yes. in this quarterback environment where we just go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. There needs to be some help around you. It's not just about one guy in any situation. Only guy I would argue again that could do that is number twelve in Green Bay. Again, you know, and, and people are going to go, oh, well, I, you know, I want to say like, okay, we never knew who James Jones was until he played for the Green Bay Packers. 
And then when he left, we didn't really He couldn't score a touchdown. He couldn't even do anything. He couldn't make the Giants. He couldn't make the Raiders. Then they said they went back to the Green Bay. He led the league in touchdowns again. So, you know, but I I don't even know what I'm getting into this conversation. He's really awesome. I get that. And their offense is awesome, and they're an awesome team, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I will say that when the Saints play, every single yard and play is though, oh, Drew Brees audibled that. Oh, Drew Brees saw that. And I, I just don't think people understand how great Sean Payton is. And we, we talk about this all the time. I know. Okay. I, I honestly want to sit here and go over the playlist of the game. I want to see the plays you talk about him being double teamed. I mean, I, I watch the game. I'll There's a lot of other games article. going on. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Michael Thomas double teamed this year. Please let me know because yeah. Peter King wrote about it. And I don't think Peter's over yeah. here exaggerating. But, I mean, like either that. way, Michael Thomas is awesome too. I know I take a lot of crap for that, but yeah. whatever. All right, so your other Super Bowl team, the Steelers, they, yeah. they come back and get the win down 16 nothing, And... Jalen Ramsey, after rumors that he could get traded, which the Jaguars denied, first of all, there's a few Sunday dumps that were ridiculous, but how does that come out and then the team denies it? I, I really don't know. I don't even know what to say there. I mean, who reported that? That was, that was a possibility. There were two huge stories yesterday that got reported and then retracted. That and the Condoleezza Rice story. Yeah, because the Condoleezza Rice, he didn't even like say it, I think, when you read the context Interested of the Interested in interviewing. Yeah, it's right. So that's, again, I don't know what else to say I think there. it was Schefter. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's just... It was Schefter, and they denied it. And with Jalen Ramsey, too, you're saying? That's that? what I'm saying, oh, that, that one. one. Yeah. yeah. They both, both of his stories got denied. I just don't think Schefter is someone that's going to float things. No, I, I mean, I don't know where he gets that. Either way, they're crazy if they want to trade Jalen Ramsey. He was phenomenal in that game yesterday. And I hear people, I heard some of that this morning, too. Oh, Jalen Ramsey, he didn't play good. What? Are you kidding me? His he, two interceptions were incredible. He lived on an island with A.B. and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, they made a few catches. Did you see how awesome that throw was at the end of the game? I mean, that was that's almost impossible to defend. That was the same play that... Antonio Brown and them ran what the little I mean uh, the little slant over the middle against Carolina. It was the Carolina Panthers. Juju went up the sideline. No, I'm talking about oh. the one over the middle that Antonio Brown had for a touchdown earlier this year. Was that against the Baltimore Ravens? I can't remember. But it's like a pick play slant. I mean, but they're just going, eh, forget the pick, Jalen. Cover Antonio Brown. We don't care. He was all over it. That was an amazing throw. I felt really bad for the Jaguars defense. Yeah. I mean, the offense. I, I was putting down on my play sheet here as I'm watching the game. Right. One drive, they ran 13 times in a row. And I'm going to be honest, I listen to a lot of shows on Monday morning just to kind of see what other people are talking about. I listen to two podcasts. I read a few articles. And I'm seeing everyone talking about how the Jaguars are, are playing like it's the 1940s. They're running too much. We're in a throw throw league. Do you think the Jaguars don't want to throw? You think that they're looking around the league and Nathaniel Hackett's like, you know what? I'm going to run it 41 times because I hate running. I hate throwing the ball. That's not the case. No. Every time Bortles drop back to throw it those 16 times, you're holding your breath. It, the the they are not they do not want to play like this. They're playing like this because they th- this is not their decision. They made a decision last year that's caused them to play like this, which was giving Blake Bortles that extension when yeah. nobody else is going to give him the money. Yeah. And so I feel like they're doing this because they have to do this with Blake Bortles. Doug Marone has come out today and say they're not going to bench Blake Bortles for next weekend for Buffalo, but no, they're doing this because they have to, not because they want to. No, Bortle stinks. This is the this is again this is where they they back themselves into this corner. 
you know, with the fact that they drafted him at number three, with the fact that, you know, he gave them false confidence. Why? Because he threw a few balls that were nice when they were up 28 to seven and there was no pressure in the game against the Steelers. Or, you know, hey, threw a nice, a few nice completions uh, against the Patriots, who were like the 28th rated defense in football last year. You know, again, taking none of that away, but. Yeah, it's just this is the situation they're in. Of course they don't want to play this way. As you see with any game that he struggles, as soon as the back out of the backfield is taken away yeah. and the shallow cross is taken away, the game gets very interesting. Leonard they have Fournette no th- was the leading receiver on the team. They're, you know, we talked about it last week. He had 26 completions against the Colts. I think only like two or three were like legitimate downfield throws. Everything else was a screen, a boot, or a shallow cross. And you're seeing that the good defenses have finally figured that out. Like, oh, these are the three areas they throw to. There's an occasional something else in there. But for the most part, that's where he is comfortable throwing. And that's where they make their game plan designed to throw it because they know he's incapable of making some other throws. A.J. Bouye being back seemed to have a huge impact. Yeah. Why do the Jaguars match up with the Steelers so well? Uh, I, I think because they can play man-to-man at times. I think they can stop their run game because the Steelers are a little bit of a zone run team, and they are they are a zone run team. And I think the dis, the movement that the Jaguars do up front kind of makes it hard to block a zone mm. when guys are slanting and looping and twisting around. I think that makes it hard. You know, the the Steelers are a team that kind of goes into a game going, we're going to be the physical fast team out here, and the Jaguars match up from that capacity. But, you know, at the end of the game, yeah, there was there was one team that had a quarterback that was, oh, okay, we're down 16-0. Oh, you blew a coverage? Well, there's Antonio Brown mm. for a 70-something yard touchdown pass. Kind of got them into the swing of the football game, and they found out, you know, just a few few ways to get people open down the field. Two of the final four teams, Eagles, Jaguars. Are they both done? Yes. I think so, too. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, the, your injuries in your team finish you. I don't even care about your schedule. That's what I was going to say is they – with Washington twice, the Giants, and Dallas, the good thing is is none of those teams are really throwing teams. So yep. all the teams in their own division. But they're going to get a few plays on that awful secondary. Houston can absolutely do some stuff to that secondary. Yep. I just the, the, the pass rush hasn't been as incredible as it needs to be to overcome how injured the secondary is. That's right. And, and Carson Wentz right now... He's just not got a lot of time. I mean, Jason Kelsey goes down the first drive. The offensive line hasn't been that good. Isaac Samalo hasn't been having a good year. And Golden Tate looks like a non-factor. Though, it all plays together. I mean, yeah, the defensive guys you lost. The big thing for me with the Eagles is just the run game. You do not have a run game anymore. And it's all about Carson dropping back. to Oh, he's stolen for 77%. Yeah, great. I mean, the ball's going nowhere. I mean, you know, it's just it's it's too many long drives. It's too much work every series. For, for your Eagles offense. And, yeah, there's there's lack of creativity on the offensive side of the ball, too. There's too many repeat concepts. There's just not enough, you know, anything creative on that side of the ball to open up people down the field or whatever it may be. Yeah, all that's an indie right now. Yeah, it, it is. It's all an indie. Indy, we have learned over the last few weeks that Frank Reich was certainly a huge architect in that offense as far as game plan plays on a weekly basis. I see everybody talking about John D. Filippo. I mean, I don't know. I'm watching Minnesota-Chicago, and their concepts look super simple. And I'm watching the Eagles, and their concepts look super simple. And Mike Rowe really isn't doing that much with the Eagles. But every time I turn on the Colts, incredible motion, Mm -hmm. great formations, good protection, good run. I mean, I think they ran for over 200 yards against the Titans, the Colts did. I know. 
Uh, we're gonna get to them in a second. Yeah, okay. Let me go to my my Super Bowl team that I think still has a chance. Right. Texans, Washington. You had seven hundred and fifty dollars of your bleacher bucks on the Texans minus three. Yep. Alex Smith breaks his leg and Colt McCoy comes in and they still didn't cover. Yeah. I, I was not like necessarily happy about that. What do you mean? I knew Colt McCoy was gonna come in and be aggressive. You know, that they're not gonna miss a beat with Colt McCoy a quarterback. Not a beat. Like not a beat. I would argue that he is every bit as good, if not better, than Alex Smith. Better athlete. Alex Smith just got seven. Better one million. That's guaranteed. their fault. I don't know what to tell them. They, they 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 because it's all about the quarterback propaganda in this league right now. That's all it's about. Oh, we got our guy, we got our franchise guy. Now you guys will believe in us now, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so I, I, you truly, in your heart, yes, believe that Colt McCoy could be better than Alex Smith. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Colt McCoy is every bit as good an athlete. He's an aggress- more aggressive decision maker. Uh, it's not going to be easy going into Dallas this week. Not with that team. Their offense is banged up too. Yeah, so it might not look pretty, but no, he can play the position. Everybody's going. Coleman Coy deserved the chance to be a starter at some point. He's had success every time he's been in put Dallas. in there. I know. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think he really thought there was a, a point where I think he felt cheated that that Kirk Cousins got to got to pass him up there, and he never got a chance to compete there. Um, and I think he was upset this year that they didn't let him go and be the guy this year because I know there was some talk after they franchised Kirk Cousins the second time. You know, right before that, they were going, well, maybe we should just let Kirk go and just make Colt the guy. I mean, that was there definitely was legit talk that about was a that? definitely conversation within the Redskins organization. So you're organization. confident in Colt. I am. Yeah, he's one of the best backups in football. I mean, he came in and like first play was like a 15 yard run on yeah, the outside. Right. I know that, and then he threw the touchdown pass in the corner pass on the, on the corner route. Um, you know, either way, getting back to the game, you know, uh, the Texans. I think we're clearly the better team on the football field. The Texans are scary just because they can be inconsistent. They can make mistakes. You know, you know they're a little over-aggressive on defense. You saw a few jumping off sides type of things like that and some bad moments. You know, Deshaun Watson turning the ball over, throwing some stupid interceptions. They had the unfortunate DeAndre Hopkins ball down the middle where he caught and bobbled it. You had Deshaun Watson fumbles. He was getting sacked backed up right after Alex Smith broke his leg. And you go, oh, God, here goes the Texans. They're going to control the game. I still like the way the Texans play. They're a phenomenal football team. They just they like playing in close games. I just I can't believe you said that about Alex Smith and Colt McCoy, but I love it. I thought there was one guy that Washington should trade for. Was it the for. 12 for 27 and two interceptions? Does that make you question that? There's one guy that I think Washington could trade for, but they'd never do it. And it's a guy that even though we saw Lamar Jackson looking incredible, there's a guy behind him that I think it's a wasted RG3 year. Mm-hmm. There's a 0% chance that Washington would trade for RG3. Zero. But I feel like that would be the guy to go to. But it sounds like you're confident in Colt, so I'm not even going to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, don't. I mean, Colt is, Colt is legit. He really is. He's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the sport. Never gets talked about. No, though. he does not. Houston, where's your level of confidence in them as a 7-3 and three team having won seven in a row? I really like Houston. I still do. I still think they need some more offensive creativity. But how do you not like what they do on defense? You know, just yeah, Deshaun makes some questionable decisions. Every yeah, Deshaun was a little questionable. They need to think they're they're another offense I'd look at, and they just got to go make things a little easier on Deshaun. I, I think we wrote like I wrote in my notes last week. They got to find some 
shorter bullcrap schemes that we you know talk about that the Patriots have sometimes. Some of the underneath Edelman, Amendola type routes. I know Amendola is not there, but that kind of stuff that does not exist as much in the Houston offense. It's always about Deshaun sitting back there, kind of buying time, waiting for an aggressive throw to open up down the field. And if it's not, it's buy more time and move around. And I just yeah, don't Preston know if that's Smith sustainable. Got that interception inside that 20, and I was like, oh, no, Texans are going to lose this game. But, yeah, so Washington, do you still think Washington has a chance to win the division? Who would you put, you would put your the money Cowboys. in Dallas? Yeah, yeah. I would. Washington's gonna fight though. Like, oh yeah, that's the one thing you got to give respect to. It. Jay Gruden, um, you know their their D coordinator Manuski. Um, like they play tough. You know they, they really do. I mean, yesterday I would have thought there was a chance they got their head head beaten beaten in, and they hung in that football game. And I give them credit for that. I think they'll hang in there with Dallas on Thursday night, too. I do too. Yeah. I think seven and a half is way too. It's a lot. Packers Seahawks Thursday night. Mm. A lot of people are getting into this. Is it Rodgers? Is it McCarthy? Because the problem is, is there's, you know, Rodgers passed up Aaron Jones on a dump off on third down, and everybody circled that and said this was an issue. And then third and two, Rodgers, the ball freakishly stuck in his hand and he didn't make the throw. And then McCarthy subsequently punted, even though Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark weren't in the game, and they just let up two 70-plus yard drives for two scores, a touchdown and a field goal. Why would you take Aaron off the field? But, you know, how, how is, the, is Aaron at fault for any of the Packers' offense right now? Well, yeah, he missed the throw, you know, on third and two or whatever it was, third and one. You know, he, he hasn't been perfect, but it's very hard. I mean, that, wait, so... We've heard all these ex-quarterbacks, all these players we've talked to, they all go Aaron Rodgers is the best player they've ever played against. I haven't heard anybody say Mike McCarthy's the best play caller they've got against. Nobody. Nobody in the history haven't of the sport. Haven't even heard Right. So, so really, we're going to have that discussion? Who Again, who is having Is it this? over after this year? Yeah. It feels like it. Yeah. They're, they're in deep crap. It is over. I, I mean, they're going to I said ha- Josh McDaniels. I, I, I hear that. I mean, that would be something that I think would get Josh off his butt in New England, and he'd go, what? Okay, I'll come there and meet you guys and talk this out. Let's have a conversation. Mm. I mean, the, the chance to ca- coach an Aaron Rodgers, why he's still got some really good years in front of him here. But, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, really, are people really having that conversation? I know that Aaron Rodgers gets, you know, in trouble with a lot. Uh, I tweeted this out a few days ago, possible coaching movement. Yeah, Mike McCarthy gets fired rejoins John Dorsey in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. First of all, my question would be, do you think John Dorsey would want Baker with Mike McCarthy after we're sitting here talking about Mike McCarthy not being good for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's uh, I, If I'm bringing Mike McCarthy in... Because you said you in, want a state of the union. Well, if I'm bringing Mike McCarthy in as a head coach, that's fine. I'm just going, Mike, you're not allowed to run the offense. You're the head coach. That's what you are. But we're going to bring in you know, this guy... Joe Smith to be our offensive coordinator because we feel like he's more equipped to do that. But Mm. your head coaching skills, your ability to manage the game, they've checked out and they're fine. I have the Browns getting Mike McCarthy, the Packers getting Josh McDaniels, the Jets getting John Harbaugh, the Ravens getting David Shaw, the Broncos getting Dave Taub, special teams coordinator for the Chiefs. I would love Elway to raid the Chiefs and the Bucks to get Chris Richard. 
Do I have any? You like any of those? I do. I do like those. Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, I think they're all viable candidates. I don't know about David Shaw if he's willing to make that jump, but yeah. I think he seems kind of comfy and cozy. I just the one I would think with the Bucks, the only thing that I would I would think about there is like Rich Basaccia again, just like your Dave Taub. Oh yeah, you know Basaccia was down there. He's just like a Dave Taub as far as a guy that's a, a, a really awesome guy for the Raiders. Exactly, right now. and he's just got a great way about him. He's a great leader of men. Understands the total scope of the game. You know, he'd be a guy I'd say to watch out for. I do think his name will come up in conversation when you hear some Tampa of these searches. Uh, Wilson. You texted me after the game and said that something's up with Russell Wilson's mechanics. Well, it's always been that way. It's just he's talented, and it doesn't always matter. But you saw all the throws he misses early in the game, right? He missed Doug Baldwin wide open. He missed a up. number of throws early on. And, you know, I thought that Joe, you know, uh, Joe Buck and Aikman did a good job of pointing it out. I mean, there was even some short throws where you go, man, that's going to be a first down if he just puts it on the money. But, you know, he's one of the few quarterbacks in all of football that throws the football like a baseball, right? It's not turn your shoulder always. It's more of a dropping of the arm and let me throw it that way like I got a small object around me. That's fine and dandy, but it's not really the proper mechanics of throwing a football. And I think that's why at times you see some errant footballs come out of Russell's hands because it is really him just doing it with pure physical talent. You know, where a guy like Rodgers... His mechanics, even though they look like they're backyardish, they're flawless. I mean, they're flawless. They're perfect. He always can rely on them. You know, just like anything how I talk about, like you might have a golfer out there who he's got no mechanics and he goes out there and shoots 70 three days in a row. But then that fourth day he goes out there and, hey, I just don't feel as good today. And all of a sudden he shoots 85, you know, instead of the guy who's got mechanics and go, man, I shot 70, I shot 70, I shot 70. And that fourth day he goes out there and goes, man, I don't feel really good. But if I just stick with my mechanics, I'll shoot 72. I won't fall all the way down to 85. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody out there. But that's what mechanics do for you. On those days where you're a little off, you can always go back to them and go, okay, let me keep my front shoulder in there. Let me step just right of the target. He has a different motion. I mean, you know, anybody out there, look at highlights of Russell Wilson and how he kind of drops the ball and throws it that way. It's more like a shortstop than it is a quarterback. What leads to a player being off? I mean, and how they, soon in the day do you know? Oh, I'm off. Gosh, I, I mean, sometimes for me personally, in warm up, sometimes I just go, "Damn, I don't got it today." Like, and okay, it, I'd have it's to start. Not going to flip. No, I just I got to start. I almost got to start back at root one. I mean, and just or or square one, I should say, and just start to th- go back into my mechanics and go, all right. You know, keep your front shoulder in there, keep your arm tight, things like that, that kind of get you back on track. But there's other days, yeah, where I go out there and I I don't know if my mechanics are right or not. I'm just going, damn, I think feels good coming out of my hand today. I am throwing some piss missiles and they are howling through the wind. If you were watching Just like anything, what makes it a day where you played basketball? Yeah. What makes it a day where one day you it's got it and the other day in. you don't? Yeah. You know, what is it? You're doing fadeaways, it's not even hitting the rim. Right. And you're like, what's going on? And then on? the next day you go out there and you go, Shit, I've been sitting that here at the great. foul line, that and I'm two great. for yeah. ten. My my thing for you would be if I showed you footage of all the quarterbacks in pregame. Yeah, could you tell me who was going to be on and who wasn't well, just by watching? If them? you let me watch, like, yeah, total pregame routes versus air, throwing the ball. Yeah, I, I think more times than not, I could. 
I've been on the field. What are you looking for? What can I look for when Fox go- shows me 15 seconds of Stafford? Yeah, well, it's going to be hard for there. You need more than one throw or two throws. But the things I look for, like if I was at a game, you know, just the quality of the ball coming out of the guy's hand right off the bat is first thing I'm going to look at. Like, oh, damn, he's, you know, that's nine wobblers in a row. Like, yeah, hit the target, but it's not coming out of his hand clean. Or then the next thing I go after that is going, okay, well, damn. He's he's seven for ten against air. What's he going to be against when the defense is out there? If he's seven and ten and nobody's out there, what's it going to be like here in a little while when you know the Broncos are flying around or something like that? It's always just little things like that that you look for in pregame warm up. You could see it if you go to a game and you got yeah. there early. You you could definitely see certain games where you're going to go, oh okay, this guy's not striping it like normal. Do the Bears have the best defense in the NFL? I think they do. Pulling up the teams just to make sure. Eddie Jackson's phenomenal. Khalil Mack is out of this world. Akeem Hicks, out of this world. Eddie Goldman, out of this world. They're they're, a combination of Yeah, I think if you gave me one defense in football, I'd take the Bears right now. With Vic Fangio? Yes. Yes, with Vic Fangio. Yeah, Vic Fangio falls along those lines of like the great offensive play callers we talked about. You know, he's a defensive play caller like. Where he, he they think out of the, outside the box a little on a weekly basis. Okay, cover three might look like this all training camp, but cover three this week against this team, I want you to make it look a little bit more like this because when we play cover three, they like to attack this area. So we're going to bump everybody over or whatever it may be. Games plan specific type stuff on a weekly basis. Is that rare? It is like the Seattle's of the world, like we talked about. They don't do that stuff. The Atlanta Falcons, they don't do so. This is what we do. We're going to line up, and this is what we're going to play. We're really good at it, and we're going to make you execute. Bears are such a team of two halves. First half, I feel like they go out there and they blow people up, and then the second half, it's a combination of coasting and the offense stops clicking. Yes, your level of confidence in the Bears right now. Uh, my level of confidence with the Bears is extremely high. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not expecting the Bears to be the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I, I hope nobody else is. You know, the, they have weapons on their offense. Trubisky certainly can miss a few throws every now and then that you'd like to see him hit or make a few dumb decisions too, uh, like we saw last night. But then the other thing I would say too is, man, there was a number of plays where we said, wow, like, whoa, that was that was unbelievable scrambling in the pocket, making a throw on the run, or that was an unbelievable scramble and going get 10 or 12 yards. You know, so again, uh, I don't think he's ever going to be like perfect pocket quarterback passer this year to where we just think, oh, he can be Drew Brees and he's going to be surgical within the pocket. No, he's developing into that still, but he still makes a number of big throws every week, a number of big runs. His talents do put pressure on a defense. I mean, we heard Mike Zimmer at halftime. We're going to have to put a spy on Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, yeah, that okay. Yeah, that's right. You got to because he's that talented a runner. I, I like the Bears. I don't know. How do you feel about him? I think that they're a team that can compete with anybody, but I worry about them in the second half of really tight games. Yeah, I mean, can they get in a shootout if they have to play the Saints or the Rams? Like, I feel like they, I have, don't a, know. they have a roster when you're cooking – it feels great. The Anthony Millers, the Tariq Cohens, Jordan Howard really didn't show up last night, but he's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, they have all these weapons. Uh, I just I don't really see anyone that's going to take over a game from a, just a personnel perspective. Yeah. And then Mitch is just not – I don't think he's ready this year to make a run. 
I just, I they're just, a young team. They're very young. Yeah. They're, I mean, like they showed all the ages yesterday, and like none of their position groups, the average age no. is all twenty eight or younger. And I would the argue defense, though, I think is ready right the now. The defense is ready. They're, they're, yeah, you're right about that. And the offense, left go. I would argue the offense is like they need more meat and potatoes in their past game. They're a little too much game planning where it's. I think that's why you see that early first half success. Oh, I got all these new plays I yeah. drew up. We call them all up, and now we get to the second half, and we've already used them all, and now our base offense needs to have some execution to make things happen. They'd be another team I'd look at and go, no, they need some of just like some – they need some normal system plays that New England has or the Rams have that are just like, hey, it's first and ten. We can drop back here and find a five- or a six-yard completion like the Saints, some of those teams. It can't always be – creative formation with a creative motion and now we've screwed the defense over they don't know what we're about to hit them with and it's a 30-yard gain you know against the good defenses and the teams that finally get a feel for them that's going to slow down and they're going to have to be able to execute a little bit more the lines of like what we're used to when the vikings are down 14 nothing can you feel everyone on the internet shitting on kirk cousins simultaneously what are your thoughts my thoughts are i mean it's just ridiculousness hey there's no way to defend the interception pick six that was stupid that was a stupid decision okay and it was a bad throw on top of that it was a double whammy a triple whammy he should have never thought there's four guys there but what people aren't going to know is the first interception interception and we'll hear about it today was not his fault. I don't think it was his fault. You think it was supposed to be an out and up by Rudolph? He was supposed was to run up the middle of the seam, right? Sat. He read it as a single safety defense, and that safety went over the top to play some sort of two-shell defense where he should have continued up the field. I think that's why Kirk Cousins threw the ball. We'll see. Stephon Diggs admitted when he was wrong in the pick six against the Saints a few weeks on the Monday press conference. We'll see if Kyle Rudolph does today. I think there's a good chance of that. It's... He's going to have to like deal with this scapegoat issue he's got because he's the high, one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the sport, and he hasn't won a playoff game yet. And until he wins some playoff games— And he's not great against teams with over 500 records. Every time is, oh, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's the other one. No one's talking about how his offensive line stinks. I mean, offensive line's been banged up, no run game at all, and it's not as a creative offense as last year under Shermer. And then the other one that like totally gets me— I mean, I've read this this morning. Oh, his record in primetime games. This is total Phil Simms stuff, but I just laugh when I see that crap. His record in 12 primetime games is not good. I mean, so what's a primetime game? I don't know. So the primetime game is only the night game on NBC? Is that what they're saying? Or the Monday night game? Are those the only primetime games? You mean the big 425 game, which gets better ratings Kirk every Cousins week? Cousins is 4-12 in career primetime oh, games. Oh, primetime games. Because none of those Cowboys games at 425 where more people were watching those games than any other game of the week. That doesn't count as primetime. That's just a stupid stat. Well, they got the Packers in primetime, Sunday night football, week 12. Yep. And two weeks later, they got Seattle, Monday night football. Primetime. Will, he like walks out and goes, oh no, it's nighttime. You know what that means? It's prime time. I'm going to choke. It's dark out. Oh no, I'm not good under the lights, except the lights are shining even on the one o'clock games and the 425 games, and I still did good in those. I hate that crap. So I'm sick of everybody today. Don't believe it? What? No, you... I don't believe it. I don't believe, I don't, yeah, it was not a great game by him last night. 
But that's a great defense they played, and they were outmanned in a tough environment. Broncos, Chargers. Broncos, Chargers. Philip Lindsay's incredible. Yeah, he is. Philip Rivers is Stupid. a great player, but also a huge liability every week. Yeah, he made a mistake. Certainly, that was. I mean, that was, he made was a the, few mistakes. That was the biggest play of Sunday, though. Was the on third down throwing it in the dirt? No, the Von Miller interception, interception. when they're up double digits. I mean, that game was they were in deep that game crap. Was over, they were in nineteen seven in field goal position, and the Broncos could not stop anything. No, I mean throws a screen intercepted by Von Miller, taken back to inside the red zone. Yep. Denver's offense couldn't do anything all day. Three plays, 18 yards, they score a touchdown and after that. it was that. Lindsey, Royce Freeman, Royce Freeman. Right. Then they get the ball back. After that, it's 19-14. The Chargers have a third and two. He throws a slant route to Mike Williams to the left. It goes right through Mike Williams' hands. Denver gets the ball back. They go down and score again. Now Sutton it's 20-19. to 30-plus yards. Yep. Yeah, and you're the slant at the end, or are you talking about the oh, deep? That was the one that the put him up twenty to nineteen. Yeah, okay, man. Yeah, that was a total game changer. You done eighty-six I mean, yard drive by Case Keenum. Yeah, that's my other thing with the Chargers. But is, no, go into the other play first. After that, what set up the eighty or the the seventy-six yard drive at the end of the game to win the game-winning field goal when Philip Rivers threw in the dirt? Yeah, I mean, we just we got to talk about. It. I feel like nobody's talking about that today. There was two minutes left, and you could have just run it when Denver had no timeouts left, no timeouts, and taken it down to like one twenty. Right. I have no problem with the screen pass being called. That's what they called, and if. You know, a lot of those times you catch a team in the right defense, it's a completion, and then, you know, you get a block and you go, oh my gosh, we converted this third down. That's unbelievable. We win the game. But Denver was ready for it. And the fact that Phillip Rivers threw the ball at the feet of the receiver to stop the clock, well, the Broncos needed the extra 40 seconds, and that's what saved them at the end of the day. I know. Can't believe the Chargers lose that game. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking I was worried thinking about is you you said this before that the Saints have a poker in their ass and it's called the Rams. Mm-hmm. Where every week they play they go got to keep pace with the Rams, got to keep pace with the Rams. How much does the Chargers loss in a weird way impact the psyche of the Chiefs? Yeah. Where the Chargers were going, we're 7 and 2, you're 9 and 1. Right. We're right behind you. Right. A loss like this to the Broncos. A, div- a division on division crime. Yeah, they Does can that... feel easier. Yeah, they're getting, they can oh, the rest Chiefs. easier. Yeah, that they... kind of kills me for Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's uh, I mean normal human letdown. The thing they have in their favor is number two is Pittsburgh, and they beat Pittsburgh head to head. So they really basically have a one and a half game lead there. I still think there's enough of a poker though, in the fact that the Steelers are still close. And the Patriots are not looming far behind who did beat us head-to-head. So uh, I, I don't think you should panic about tonight. Not yet. I don't think I'm you have to worry about overall, that. Overall, though. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, don't, I don't think they're at that stage quite yet where they can go, okay, we're good, we can rest easy here. You know, it, it's a little different in, with the, the Saints and Rams where, you know, they're clearly the two best teams in the NFC and we know the Saints want to have home field advantage. Yeah. And as long as the Rams keep winning, they're going to have to keep staying on their A game. I also have Mahomes my fantasy team, so I don't want them to loosen up at all. But this week they play the Rams. Next week the Chiefs go to Oakland. The week after that they host the Ravens. That's week 14. Right. Week 15 they play the Chargers. So that's huge. Yes. Week 16 is at Seattle. And then week 17, they play the Raiders again. Not easy. Not easy. Hold on. My 
There we go. It's waiting for my internet to. What does this do for the Chargers losing a game like that? Um, honestly, for the Chargers in this kind of scenario, it's, there could be a lot of good taken out of this type of situation. Just a refocus. You know, do we know what happened with Corey Lugit as far as what the he final diagnosis? Off. He, I think he's out for the year. Damn, he's definitely out for the year. Yeah, but they did get Bosa back, and Bosa was playing great. Yeah, he uh, he will be certainly a. But they, a big but help. having both of them would have been amazing. Yeah, well, having you know, they're not the deepest team in the in the world as far as the defensive tackle position, anyways. But you know, uh, the Chargers still a quality football team, playoff caliber football team. You talk about their stretch though, Lefko. <sighs> I mean, that's you start. Did you already say it? No, but they got Arizona, yeah. then at Pittsburgh, home against the Bengals, at the Chief, home against the Ravens, at the Broncos. Yeah, that will not be easy. Man. None of them, except for the Cardinals game. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, one of the Sunday morning dumps, in addition to the Jalen Ramsey one by Adam Schefter, was that the Browns were interested in interviewing Condoleezza Rice. And I'm just curious what you were thinking when you saw that because the the sports world exploded. And I'm seeing people saying today that it was an insult to the coaching profession for this to even be a thing. Yeah, it is. I don't know. When it, I Great respect for Condoleezza Rice and the things she's done, but I, I just it, it actually just speaks to the overall theme again of like disrespecting anybody that's ever studied the sport or done any, anything at all. You know, it's I don't get it. I mean, I don't understand why she was on the Final Four playoff committee for the NCAA college football either. I don't get. We got astronauts on there, her on there. Let's not get people that actually know about football. Let's just get some people who are really great at other things and watch football occasionally, and they'll determine everybody else's life in college football. Just There's stupid an crap. Astronaut on there? There was. Yeah, I don't know if there is this year. Yeah, and it's just there's so many stupid things like that. But I don't know. It's uh, how was that quote presented? I don't even understand that quote. I don't read stupid crap like that. You mean the tweet by Schefter? Yeah, the tweet. What was the quote by John Dorsey as far as him? He just said a thought about it, right? I mean, he didn't say, like, I'm going to interview her. But what, what, what was the quote? I'm going to find the the John Dorsey one. Do you want more or the Schefter original news? I'd rather thing. have the John Dorsey one. I mean, that's where he's going from, right? Brown's response. Former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice is a great leader, possesses the highest possible character, and also happens to be a Browns fan. I have the utmost respect and admiration for all she's accomplished and was honored to meet her for the first time earlier this season. Our coaching search will be thorough and deliberate, but we are still in the process of composing the list of candidates and Secretary Rice has not been discussed. I think she, he was trying to be very respectful. Yeah. But so, the fact that it even got mentioned to me was the who of the day. Gosh. I don't know. That's where I'm just, I'm sick of that crap, man. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we're all going to waste our time and energy. Like, we really think that's a possibility. Somebody says it in passing, and somebody tweets it out, and we go, oh, my gosh, the Browns are the dumpster fire I thought they were. Oh, my gosh, they're going to sign somebody that's never coached football before or never played football before. I'm all for women coaching, too, just so we got that straight. All for it. Yeah, and, and, and if there are women that are coaching yeah. in the sport already. There and is. I think it's it's insulting to those women for Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, to be yeah exactly right. Um, 
Panthers, um, Lions, mm. Kenny Galladay as a number one receiver, and I don't understand going for two there at the end. I don't know if it's just Graham Gano having missed a kick and a, a field goal. And well, an of course point. it is. You do know that's that. Don't act like you don't know. I mean, he missed a chip shot field goal and an extra point. So, of course, Ron I would Rivera, still go to Graham Gano. You still would have gotten a guy. I probably would have, too. I probably, I'm not going to lie, but I'm not going to like. Or I would have gone Cam. Run. All right, I know, but the guy was wide freaking open. And he just missed it? He just missed it. Yeah, there's nothing else to say. He missed it. Man, Devin Funches, some of his drops during the game. Carolina did not play their best game, but, man, they had chances to kind of make things interesting to win the football game outright. And, uh, yeah, they did not play well. I know DJ Moore was fantastic. That oh was fun gosh. to watch. I mean, he's he's certainly a special player. But I'm not mad at Ron Rivera for that decision as compared to, you know, Mike Vrabel in London or like we talked about uh, Frank Reich against the Houston Texans in overtime. At least there was something that warranted the decision. It wasn't just like, we're trying to be aggressive. I think he was going, damn, my kicker just like shankopotamus the last two kicks and I don't trust him right now. And I'm just going to go with Cam Newton making a play here to win the football game. Because they were driving down at will at the end. Yeah, it was there to be had. And, you know, he just missed the throw. Carolina is now 5-0 and at home, 1-4 and away from home. Yeah. They lose to Detroit, started off slow in that game. Got destroyed by the Steelers on the road. Started off down 17 nothing to the Eagles. Won that game. Started off 17 nothing to Washington. Lost that game. They started up seven, down 17 nothing. That's the what I meant. Yeah, yeah. And then Atlanta, they were down like 24-7 to seven right. or something like that. Right. And then they lost that game 31-24. to 24. So Carolina, not a great road team. Down the stretch, home against Seattle, at the Bucks. At the Browns, home against the Saints, home against the Falcons, at the Saints. Yeah. Not easy. Not easy. They match up well with Seattle, I think. They should be able to beat the Bucks, but the Bucks' offense is always scary. And they should be able to beat the Browns. But, you know, then those last three, that's, that's not going to be easy at all. Yeah. Uh, they're certainly... I, I, I have lost all of my confidence in them. Yeah, I've lost a lot. I, I definitely am not as high. I mean, I, I've... I can say that I feel like I was wrong and as strong as I felt about them a few weeks back, certainly. I mean, the Steelers game was disappointing yesterday. That's a game I'm really, again, there were so many close games at 1 o'clock. I feel like on a Monday I have a better feel for games as a whole where, like, this is one of the games where I was like, man, I really need to go back and watch a few situations on film and see how it bared out because I can't even quite give my true, honest take to what I think happened I just need to see it. Like to me, it was I was shocked that the Detroit Lions offense moved the ball so easily in the Carolina Panthers. Uh I saw the Devin Funches passes. I saw a few plays where Cam I thought should have hit some open receivers. Um of course the end of the football game, that situation. But other than that, I don't know if I can sit here and say that I feel overly confident about anything else in the game talking about it like intelligently other than DJ Moore is phenomenal and is officially the go-to guy for the Panthers. Is it time to officially pass the torch from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson? Uh, I do think so. I, yeah, I do. 27 carries over a hundred rushing yards for Lamar Jackson. It was an offense that I had never really seen before. Yeah. 
Tons I, of motion, tons of movement. Mm-hmm. Marty Morningweg bringing a lot of those Mike Vick play calls from back in the day for Lamar Jackson. Right. Is it sustainable, and is it time? Well, it, if there's a time to do it, it's now. Sustainable, you know, yes, it's sustainable. I don't think he can run the ball 27 times a game. It needs to be somewhere between 12 and 20. But what we did see out of those 27 runs yesterday is I, I can only remember one like squared up good hit he took. He's pretty good at you know just sliding off the edge of a guy to where they can't hit him square. I do like that. I do think he, he fits. looked faster than he's looked all year. I, I mean, I think he was faster than he was all year. He was warm. He got a chance to you know get into the flow of the game. He got to practice all week, except for like you said earlier, the day where he was he got taken to the hospital. Yep, so which is incredible. He's maybe gotten into shape that way, and I think as the game goes on, yeah, he's playing quarterback and doesn't wear down quite as quite the way the rest of the defenders do. Uh, and he did. He looked fast as hell. But I do think he fits what they want to do as a team in general. I think that's the big thing I would look at. In what way? Run the ball, control the clock, let their defense dominate. That's kind of what they did yesterday. I mean, you know, they were in the position of power. They're kind of driving. He threw a dumb interception. Yes. Okay, he's a rookie. They get the ball again. They're getting close to midfield. It's fourth and one. They quarterback sneak it. They don't get it. And now the Bengals go down and score there. So that's where it changed the game. But then they answered right back. I think he was more impressive in the past game than I expect him to be. I really like his different arm angles and the things he throws at it. But my big point would be with this, Lefko. I don't know how you feel about this, but, like, I don't, what's the difference? What's What's the difference? Like, what... I mean, I, I know like everybody thinks like, oh, go back to Joe Flacco. Why? Because why? he won the Super Bowl six, seven years ago? Look, I've been saying for three so, years that watching Joe Flacco and the Ravens offense is the most painful watch. Yeah. They are the opposite of watching the Colts. It's, it's like praying that a, a wide receiver that you know can't break tackles breaks one because he's not going to take a shot. Yeah. No, I know. So you're so, going to say from now on, Lamar's team. I, I would. And I think if there's a time to do it with the Raiders, the Falcons, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Chargers, the Browns, I mean, man, they have a Talk favorable the, wow. schedule, at least for their offense, as far as their offense being able to dominate some really bad defenses down the stretch. You know, again, I, I mean, maybe they don't have the guts to do it. They at least have to have a legit he was their first convers- round pick. He, they have to at least, at least have it, it the legit conversation. Yes, yes. And it's a very unceremonial end to Joe Flacco. But you think it's time. You think that Lamar Jackson's capable. I thought that he was very impressive. I thought that he was a lot faster than I thought he was going to be. He made some throws running out that were incredible. Mm-hmm. He was av- able to avoid the pass rush and then reset yeah. and and keep looking downfield. The one interception was really bad. Yeah. I think he's not seeing levels yet. Like he'll look at the secondary and not see a linebacker. He had two guys in the flat open. He just was getting too rambunctious and confident, but yeah, I mean, hey, he's a rookie. He's going to make some mistakes like that. What about But I mean, the running game you know, opened up. All of a sudden, there's running lanes for these yeah. guys. Well, and they played a running back that was capable of getting more that's on the stat sheet. Who is that guy? Gus Edwards. Yeah, who's that? I mean, Rutgers guy. I, I don't. I can't say that I know anything in depth about him. I remember Funny watching him Josh play college is here football. To talk about Rutgers running backs. But I mean, it, get, it shows you what I've been telling you about Alex Collins. 
I mean, it's just it's Alex underwhelming. Collins is good for a first quarter touchdown every week that makes you thought he played well in the game. He's a good two or three running back. You don't want him to be your workhorse. I like the combination of Lamar and Edwards. Edwards kind of the power guy. Then all of a sudden you have the slasher and Lamar Jackson. They got all you these. You can't play man to man against Lamar. Well, you, the, the thing that people are missing with you can play man to man, but you better have extra guys or rock, or somebody in the saying. middle to spy. spy. But defenses will get very simple when Lamar Jackson's that quarterback, just like sometimes they do when Russell Wilson was in his prime with the read option or Cam Newton because you you can't do anything exotic because you're worried about, ooh, if he breaks contain, there's going to be nobody there if he scrambles. Or if they run a quarterback design run to the right, and I try to bring you know weak linebacker, weak safety blitz, blitz off the left, oh, man, we're going to be outnumbered, and we blitzed it, and now he's going to be gone to the second level with a full head of steam. So that's going to scare defenses into being very simple when they play the Ravens' offense in general. I am praying for the Niners to get the first pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, why? Praying. Right now they have, they're have they tied with Oakland and Arizona at 2-8. and eight. Why? Because an entire offseason of breaking down what Kyle Shanahan needs with the first pick is so perfect for this show. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And he doesn't need a quarterback. No. So we can go for anybody. Getting, they can't draft Nick Bosa. They already have drafted a defensive lineman in the last four years. But I just think the four Sounds like Niners, D linemen are going to be the only ones worthy of going in the first pick. Really? Yeah. I mean, unless it's the quarterback from Oregon. I have a theory about Andrew Luck. My theory... Have you ever seen The Sixth Sense? Yeah. Where Bruce Willis didn't realize that he was dead until the end of the movie? Right. My theory is that Andrew Luck played all of these years where he got destroyed. And he had pretty good weapons on the outside, but no offensive line. And now I think that Andrew Luck actually died. And now he's in football offensive line heaven. (laughs) And he doesn't realize it yet. That it took him dying on the field and a year away from the game to be reborn into an offense that has one of the best offensive lines. I think that occasionally he comes into the locker room and Quentin Nelson looks at him and goes, Andrew, I see dead people. (laughs) And Andrew's like, kids today, they're so crazy. I think Andrew Luck died and he's in football heaven and it's behind Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, Costanzo, Ryan Kelly, and Glowinski. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. He's in heaven. He is. He just doesn't know it yet. I mean. Five games in a row, no sacks. That's unbelievable. Not not even hit. And it's not like they're like a get the ball out of our hands quick type of throwing team. No, he's back there galloping around. I know. The Colts are my, I've been saying this the whole season pretty much. They are my NFL Reddit stream team. They are the most fun to watch. I get and it. And like, who are the wide receivers he's throwing to? Yeah. I mean, TY special, but Not, I get of you. Of course. Yeah. But, but yeah, after implied. that, it's, it's, it's nothing groundbreaking. Agreed. Um, first thing is, as I hope everybody's realizing how awesome Andrew Luck is. Because I feel like everybody before the year forgot like what kind of quarterback he is, and here he is, you know, second in the NFL in touchdown passes with 29 touchdown passes through 10 weeks, which is phenomenal. But um, I, I just you can't say enough about that O line and what they're doing. I mean, it, it truly is amazing. Every time I looked at that game yesterday and trying to keep track of all the one o'clock games, he was sitting back there with nobody around him. Throwing and, laser and just beams. just picking them apart. 
29 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 101 quarterback rating, 2,700 passing yards. Um, and he's only been sacked 10 times this season. Gosh, it's Com- total role, aver- role reversal. Vice versa. Tom Brady's been sacked 16. Derek Carr's been sacked 32. Deshaun Watson's been sacked 33 times. Yeah. But Andrew Luck's sitting there, sacked 10. And it makes me ask you a very interesting question. You have two kids. If I said right now, Sims, Charlotte, Phillip, who's your favorite kid? What would you tell me? I'm not telling you anything. You'd say, it's too hard. I love them both. Right. I don't want to do this to them. Right. I'm making you pick between your football kids. Yeah. Offensive rookie of the year, Quinton Nelson or Saquon Barkley? Oh, God. Forget Philip Lindsay. Forget all these offensive players, the Calvin Ridleys. We know that it's Saquon, but it could be Quinton Nelson. Quinton Nelson or Saquon Barkley? choose your offensive rookie of the year thus far this is the conversation that no one's having and it's the real conversation it is the real conversation you're right they're the two most offensively impressive guys baker mayfield yeah you've had a good really year. good really good yeah you're third love you if you want a lot of offensive rookie of the weeks tends to be a little bit biased to the quarterback position yes but quentin nelson saquon barkley i'd probably still go saquon wow but, man, this is one of the best rookie years for any offensive lineman that I've ever seen. I mean, I thought I didn't think you could be really pass up what Zach Barton did as a rookie a few years ago. I mean, I just remember turning film on him and going, oh, my gosh, it's the third game of the year, and he's the best offensive lineman in football. This is unreal. And Quentin Nelson is right there in that discussion, except he's gotten, like, the media attention to go along with it that's different. Like, and it's more truly about him. You know, where I felt like Zach Martin got, you know, the Cowboys O-line in general. He's this awesome guy that's with this awesome line. And watch out. Like, Quentin is truly getting individual offensive linemen attention, which is so rare. We've helped, I think. Yeah, I think we have helped. The fact that he's came from Notre Dame, all of that. But either way... um, You're still going to go Saquon. Man, Saquon is... Saquon was pretty amazing. One of the most gifted people I've ever seen. That's not what we're asking. I know. Well, I'm still... His stats are still really awesome, too. I don't know what else to say. Quentin Nelson's one of the most gifted O-linemen. Saquon right now is averaging 4.6 yard a carry, 7 touchdowns, 728 rushing yards. And when you go over to receiving, I don't know if he's going to pop up right away... Uh, Saquon Barkley, 540 receiving yards, three touchdowns. So 540 and seven-something. So he's in like the 1,300s for total yards versus Quentin Nelson, which has been keeping Andrew Luck clean for five weeks. Yeah, he's part of the great wall of Indy. Yeah, I I would go with Barkley, but that's really close. I guess it's probably the running back sexy factor. Remember how we were talking about the Dawson, which is more touchdowns than incompletions? Mm -hmm. A quarterback did it yesterday. Eli, Eli Manning. Manning, right. 17 of 18, two touchdowns, 155.8. The Giants are back. If only he could play the P- Tampa Bay Buccaneers every week. Or the 49ers. 
Yeah, I mean, but look, this is exactly what we said was going to happen with the Giants. Yes. They start the year, they have that murderer's row of defenses. Not necessarily murderer's row of teams, but the defenses were crazy. First week, Jacks Wars. Now everyone's finally appreciating how good the Cowboys were in week two. Sure. Houston Texans, J.J. Watt Merciless, we know how good they are. The New Orleans Saints, a super attacking defensive front when Marcus Davenport was still healthy. At the Panthers, home against the Eagles, at the Falcons. Now it's starting to get a little bit easier. The Niners, the Bucks, the Eagles are a lot easier than they were last week. Yep. But after the Bears, yeah, Washington, Titans, yeah, it'll be a little interesting. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, they're they're certainly improving. Their old line has definitely been better. Eli's been better. There's no doubt about it. They're doing a good job of. If the Giants beat the Eagles, they're going to be tied. Yeah, that that's going to be embar- gonna, embarrassing for your football team. Me. The thing that I think people are missing too is the Giants' defense is what's really disappointing to me. I mean, the Buccaneers marched up and down the field on the Giants yesterday. You know, the 49ers had the same luxury the week before. I'm just I'm amazed at how bad the Giants' D has played really throughout the year, letting up so many big plays. Yeah, but Eli Manning is back. They'll bring him back next year. Maybe he will. Did you see Carr and Gruden yelling on the sideline? I did. What was you? Th- what were you thinking when you? I saw mean, it? that's 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 status quo for Johnny G. I mean, you know, how many times can I tell you if I had a dollar for every time I came over to the sideline and he was looking at me like, I mean, what the fuck are you thinking? Why didn't you throw the middle post or blah blah blah? I mean, he micromanages, and the thing is, is it's healthy, it's fine. You can talk back to him too. He doesn't like think he's like on a pedestal like evil dictator like how dare thy talketh back to me the head coach no you can say hey fuck you john he wasn't open or i had a guy on my back or whatever and he might look at you like how dare you say that but he gets over it in a hurry it's honestly i think he's gonna be happy in the long run with the way Derek Carr Derek Carr showed life for the first time yesterday cursed him out a few times I mean well, we don't know if he cursed you know, he cursed a few times I think he was also just kind of like saying things and showing some like well, I there mean, was, gosh we got a block or gosh this guy uh, you know whatever I mean the Cardinals should be embarrassed that they let Oakland even in that game Arizona got a goal line stand there were so many moments in this game that should have gone bad and it should have covered the five point spread and I swear I'm not that upset about it but I'm yeah. a little bit spread about yeah, it yeah. but like one de- go uh the the Raiders goal line stand Arizona, or no no yeah, and then Derek Carr throws it to the Arizona linebacker who drops, drops it, could return for a touchdown. Right, right. Then David Johnson has like a sixty yard touchdown run call back from a hold. Right. But there was one time where the receiver was supposed to go on an out and up, and he didn't. And you saw Derek Carr go, "Come on, run the out and up!" Yeah, right. What the hell? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, Derek yeah. Carr, get yeah. a little angry. Right. So D- John Gruden's going to bring out angry Derek Carr? If Derek Carr wants to last there, he better. Yeah. Because John, he does not, you know, like the old saying, like he does not want like a, a, a cruise ship coordinator. He wants a battleship commander. Mm. And he wants somebody that's going to be able to be extension of himself and the coaching staff that can yell at the O-line and things. Like I was just getting to that in my time and then I got hurt. So you're telling me. If I'm watching the Raiders, yeah. the worst thing I could see is Carr come off the field and Gruden says something and Carr keeps walking. 
The best thing that I can see, even though it looks the most confrontational, is Derek Carr stopping and arguing with John Gruden. Well, That's actually the healthiest relationship well, that Gruden can have with the quarterback? I'm not saying that it has to happen on every series. I mean, if that's happening every series, they walk off the field, and then there's a problem if they're doing But for three to four spats like that a game, yes, that's that's... It, so in your mind, it's actually better that it's happening. It is. It definitely is. Yes. That's how Gruden communicates? It is a little bit how he communicates, especially on Sundays. He's not logical on Sundays always. He's not capable of having logical discussions. He's caught up in the moment, and he wants to yell at you just because he wants to yell because he didn't get the first down, and he's just going to yell at you because he knows I have the best relationship with this guy, and I can yell at him, and hopefully everybody else will hear me too. He yells at you. Yeah. Was there anybody that would come up to you and be like, man, you know how he is? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it could be. Did he have certain guys? Well, I mean, it could have been Joey Galloway who came up to me and be like, hey, man, you know, shake that off. Shake that shit off, man. Don't worry. I mean, we're good. We're good. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. No, whatever. Or it could be even his assistant at the time, Paul Kelly. Okay. Paul Kelly. Never who, heard of this guy. Yeah, Paul Kelly. PK is uh, with the Washington Redskins under Jay now, but he would be another guy that would always come up to me and be like, hey, hey, if he's yelling at you, it means he likes you a lot. That's you know? what I'm saying. Right. So that's part of it. Or he'd so be we're like, looking at it and going, yeah. man, the Raiders are a mess, but really you're going, yeah. this is actually good. Yeah, this is not a bad thing at all. I don't look at it. This is the type of uh, coaching staff and relationship he has with a quarterback. I will say this. Yes. I am happy that this Raiders experience has brought in Jared Cook to life. This is the Jared Cook we've been Cookie waiting monster. for for about like five, six years. Cookie. But he went to Green Bay and we went, he's going to explode with Aaron Rodgers. Uh-uh. No, but in Oakland, yeah. Every time I look up, he's stiff arming somebody into the third crust of the earth. Gruden's pretty good at using the tight end, yeah. and yeah, they've made him a focal point to work the middle of the field. Cook's a special athlete. I mean, Jeremy he's a Stevens. big guy. He was awesome, man. When I played with him at Tennessee, you know, his cook, his biggest oh, thing was, yeah, I was with the Cookie Monster. You know, he would always pop in practice. He just had to get used to football and the movements, and you know. We, why was he not always a he football just, like, player? He was just a little stiff at times. I remember always Jeff Fisher, like when he would make awkward adjustments to the ball, like Fisher would be like, "Man, we gotta just like get him out in the basketball court and learn him how to like how to play with his back to the basket and post people up that way." And, and like he was right, it was kind of what he needed to get a feel for. Uh, but man, big, strong, and phenomenal speed. All right, I got a fan question for you, Sims. We're gonna wrap up. What are you giggling about, Fendrick over here? This is from Caddy Ramena. Yeah. I'm a Packers fan, and although I do like McCarthy as a head coach, I get jealous when I see Sean McVay calling plays for the Rams. If you were building your team and you had to choose between an Aaron Rodgers talent or a Sean McVay level coach, who would you choose? Gosh, that's so hard. I mean, woof. Well, I mean, there's so many other things I want to ask off this. Okay, so if we get Sean McVay, what quarterback am I getting? I mean, I'm getting Blake Bortles. I don't give a damn whose offense you got. If you got Blake Bortles, this it's going to be hard. usually play this. Right. If you get Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you get an average head coach. Okay. If you get Sean McVay, you get an average quarterback. I would probably take Sean McVay. So you would take Sean McVay and Colt McCoy over Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. I think an offensive genius can do more with less than the quarterback. Look at what Sean Payton's done trying, with Drew Brees. Trying to do <laughs> you're, you're such a jerk. Just kidding. Shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just think they can do more with less where 
you know, hey, yeah, the quarterback, it, it's tough to make magic happen on a weekly basis when there's no schematical advantage whatsoever for your offense. I mean, none. I actually had someone in the Instagram, and I forget who it was, so I apologize, but someone asked this. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or a defensive line of Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, uh, like the best, if like all four defensive line positions are amazing, or Aaron Rodgers, what would you rather have? And you're doing the same thing. You'll say, I get same an thing. average D lineman and the you average get an quarter- average D line and Aaron Rodgers, or an average quarterback and four studs on the D line. Oof. I'd probably take Aaron Rodgers there. Interesting. Because there's a way I think you can skate by getting by three and not dealing. Drops. Yeah, three-step drops, screens, speed sweeps. There's other ways you can schematically take away the D-line out of the game at times. So, I don't know. That's a tough one. I like that's these kind of my, games, though. That's what my answer was, too. Yeah, that's, those are, these are fun. I think the one thing we need to figure out, though, is who is the average quarterback that we will use going forward? Right, like who we yeah who is who's, that? who's QB sixteen? I mean, are we gonna say QB sixteen right oh, here? I have starting it for you right here. Who's QB sixteen? Oh no, we're fucked. It's Eli. <laughs> Let's go with seventeen. Who's seventeen? Tom Brady. What? Tom Brady seventeen. Is this according to what? It's quarterback ratings, right? Aren't they a stupid stat? They're right, stupid. On. We're gonna sign off, but I want to hear this. Who's give me the top five That's quarterback? Stupid. That's ratings, why quarterback right? ratings are stupid. Give they, me the give me the top five. Everything is about ratings. completion percentage. Oh, so number one is Drew Brees, right? Number two is who? The obvious one, Pat Mahomes, right? Number three is an obvious one. Uh, Playing tonight. Oh, uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Number four is also in L.A. Philip Rivers, right? Number five is in Atlanta. Uh, Matt Ryan. Number six is Russell Wilson. Okay. Number seven's Cam Newton. Number eight's Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Number nine's Luck. Number ten is the almighty Ryan Fitzpatrick. Stop. Yeah. You're telling me that if you just went by quarterback rating, right. Ryan Fitzpatrick is seven spots ahead of Tom Brady? I, uh, but why is he only one spot behind Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers? It's the real question. Let's like look at it this way. Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown 17 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, but that only justifies him being two points behind somebody who threw 19 touchdowns and one interception. The quarterback rating is stupid. Stupid. We need to create a sim scale. We do. There has to be some way. Again, completion percentage is a stupid stat that's taken way too highly. That's all I hear people talk about Drew Brees. Right. I mean, it's the reason Carson Wentz is probably, you know, is up there. He's thrown for 77%. I mean, that's that's all I hear with him, too. Like, great. Okay. You know, uh, completion percentage is great, but tell me how are these completions coming about? I mean, if you're throwing screen passes or four-yard child crosses all game, Wow, whoop de doo You're leading the leading in completion Where's percentage. Portals? Please be 15. He is 26. Down in Alex Smith, Joe Flacco, Case Keenum land. Wow. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to get out of here. I need to go catch a flight. I got to go to Las Vegas. So again. Who's going to win? Tiger or Phil? Tiger or Phil? Well, we're going to be talking on Wednesday. We're going to do one more podcast. It's going to come out Thursday. Who's going to win? No, I, no. Do you want to know or no. should I save it for no, a betting save it, show? Save it for Wednesday. Okay. Save it for the podcast. Because it might 
surprise you. It's not going to surprise me. I know you're picking. You have no idea what I'm I picking. do, too. Well, it's one of two options. So oh. Four Sims. He's out, homie. Fendrick would say. Did we hit it all today? I don't even know. Did we? And the L-E-F-K-O-E. <laughs> man. Says, man, I have no idea. I don't know either. All right. See ya. See you later. Peace.